All right, thank you, Lord. So I'll share a little bit, but I wanted to share this um, that the Lord spoke to me. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and do this so I can be done with it. <clears throat> I want to read 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 11 through 12. Um, it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. Um, so, let me just explain this. I've talked about this many times, but let me just one more time. Uh, if you notice, there's a, a succession there. Uh, I spoke, I understood, I thought. So, um, speaking comes from our understanding, and understanding comes from our thinking. So every thought we have uh, is not just one thought. Every thought we have has the potential to becoming a understanding or a family of thoughts. And a family of thoughts uh, will create what you say. And what you say is what is going to direct your life. Okay, so we have to be really careful about, on the negative side, on thinking, if you uh, think, if you're thinking stuff that's not true, your understanding will become tainted with untruth, and ultimately what you speak will not be true, and your life will be directed in a way that will lead you down a path that you don't want to go. Are y'all following that? Really important. Let me uh, jump over to James 3, 4 through 5, just so we'll have this. Uh, you know, this is the great tongue thing. It says, Look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. A very small rudder. In other words, that little small instrument in your mouth called the tongue is what is direct in your life. It's direct in your life. So wherever you're at today... Spiritually and naturally, emotionally, physically, your tongue got you there. What you said got you there. And that became, that came from a thought that you had, a thought that you got from somewhere. You can get it from the, because let me just say this, every thought that you have is not necessarily your thought. Thoughts come into your mind from different places. They come from the devil to, at times. They become your thoughts when, when you agree with those thoughts. Okay, they become yours then, and then you find out not only is it one thought, there's other thoughts that lead to an understanding. Are y'all following this? This is really, this can really help you in your life if you can really receive it. So if you're worldly thinking, you're ultimately going to be a worldly person. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. That's, this is the law of life. This is the way we were created. Because God created us with a tongue to do something with. Years ago, I had a dream about the church. And there was these angels working on the church building. And they were putting wheels on the church building. You know, sort of like what you see on a mobile home. And really cute looking angels. They were men dressed in work clothes. And they were real smiley and happy working away. Looking, and they were looking at me. And I said, well, how in the world are we going to drive this thing? That's what I said to them. They said... You're going to drive it with your tongue. You're going to drive it with your tongue. And then I woke up kind of like, oh, Lord, mercy. I'm going to drive it with my tongue. You're going to drive it with the tongue. So we have to really realize how important the tongue is. 
now in our word. So I wanted to just say that because let me move on here. Um, the second part in the second verse there, the it says, uh, "For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall be known, just as I am also known." As you probably know, uh, ancient mirrors were not like the mirrors of today. They were cloudy. Uh, you couldn't really see clear. That's why he used that analogy there, because at that time a mirror wasn't like the mirrors we have in our bathrooms where you can see very clear yourself. It was a dim view. And so what Paul was saying is we see life dimly. We don't see it fully. We don't see things. Now, this is tied in, okay. So uh, I wanted to tell you something the Lord reminded me of is when I graduated from high school, uh, my parents had been uh, members of a Presbyterian church forever. Um, And the pastor at the church at the time, I I wasn't going to church then. I had forsaken the church as soon as I could possibly get away with it without my dad killing me. And when I figured out, okay, I can quit going and he's not going to kill me, he's just going to yell at me, I did. And so I, but the pastor of the church gave me a graduation gift when I graduated from high school. And he gave me a book that his dad actually wrote, and the name of the book was Mistaken Identity. Uh, The name of the, it was a book of poems. Um, Actually, you can still buy that book on Amazon. I looked it up. Uh, It was a book of poems about mankind's failure to know God as he really is. Isn't that powerful? To know God as he really is. Uh, And the pastor... Uh, wrote me a note in the book, and this is what he said to me. He said, Byron, life is more than we see in a mirror dimly. You have begun to see life as it is, but always remember you are here to make life what it should be. May God richly bless you as you search out where you're going. And so I would think most of us, whether we are conscious of it or not, have spent our life trying to find out who this who God really is. It's the ultimate question uh, because God, in some ways, is unknowable because He's too big for any person to really fully know. He's there's more to God than any of us all together know. It would be a drop in the bucket of who God really is. But I believe all human beings are on a search for God, to know God, to to know their Creator. God built it into us that we want to know our Creator because in knowing God, we become, we we know ourselves. That's the only way you can really truly know yourself is when you begin to get revelation of who God is. And as you begin to get revelation of who He is, then He begins to reveal to you who who you are. That's the way God ordered life. Uh, Moses... uh, Pharaoh in Exodus 5 asked the ultimate question when Moses came to him for the first time to say, we need to free, to let Israel go. Uh, he said these famous words, who is the Lord that I should serve the Lord? I don't know the Lord, therefore I will not let Israel go. And so you see how our life is guided by God. We don't know the Lord, therefore I will not do this thing. And it brought great reproach upon that nation. And and almost completely destroyed the nation. They lost children. They lost property. They lost their precious possession. All because a man didn't know the Lord. And who, because I don't know him, I'll not serve him. 
So God has presented himself to mankind, reaching out to man, reaching out to that thing in us, in every person that wants to know God, and even the ones who, don't, who claim they don't want to know God, so they make up things, there's no God. Or there's, this is God, his name is, you know, uh, what's some names of God? Uh, Muhammad is God, or, you know, you, you can name, you can make a list of them. But it's all out of a deep thing in people's heart to know the Lord. Um, so, it's really prophetic what that man wrote to me. Um, so, I had this dream the other night. I'm going to call it my accordion dream. Accordion dream. And I got home from England. And let me tell you about the dream. Uh, in the dream... I saw a city. This is no ordinary dream. I saw a city. And I said, what, what is this? And I heard accordion. And then the dream ended. And then the dream started over again. Same thing. Over and over and over. I don't know how many times I dreamed it. I dreamed it. It felt like I dreamed it all night long. And what I saw was I saw this city. And there was spaces in the city. Blank spaces where there was nothing. It was like a white background. That's, that's what I saw. And those places were pure. And I realized that God had created a canvas, so to speak. A background. That's like the Garden of Eden, that it was undefiled, it was pure. And then God created a man and put him in that garden, and God came and did something amazing. Let me read what he did. It's Genesis 2, 7. It said, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And... Man became a living being. If you think about the creation story, everything God did, He did with a word. He created everything by speaking. Okay, like He spoke and there was light. He spoke, there were trees. His words were creating. But there was one thing that He didn't create. It's when he put breath in man. He didn't speak breath in the man. He breathed breath in the man. Okay? This is important. He breathed breath into him. Don't you think that's kind of interesting? You know, sometimes you can tell, get things from God by what God didn't do. You know, when he did everything else one way and all of a sudden he does something a little different. It's important. So we began when God exhaled. We began when God exhaled. Human beings began. We got life. When he, when he breathed out, we breathed in. And we had life in us. And so God, accordion. I was asking, Lord, what's this accordion business? I didn't know anything about accordions because I never particularly liked accordions. I don't know about you. <laughs> 
but I'm not fond of them as a musical instrument. It's weird how God speaks. Elijah in 1 Kings 19 was in a cave. He had done a powerful thing in 1 Kings 18. He spoke and brought fire down from heaven and killed 400 prophets of Baal. And then he started thinking something that wasn't right. And there was this woman named Jezebel who went after him, and he got afraid of her, and he ran away for days. Had a visit from some angels. Angels fed him some food, and he wound up in this cave. And the Lord spoke to him, you know, what are you doing here? And he started telling the Lord all this stuff. And it's like God just ignored him, you know, (laughs) giving all these things that he had done and it wasn't really the answer. It really wasn't why he was there. But it, the Bible tells us that, that God, you know, certain things happened. That like it was an earthquake, and it says God wasn't in the earthquake. And there was a, a, a mighty wind, and God wasn't in, in the mighty wind. And it was, then there was this fire, and God wasn't in the fire. Then it says something really interesting. It says, literally, there was a gentle blowing. A gentle blowing. And when Elijah heard that gentle blowing, it says he got up and wrapped his mantle around his face and walked to the face of the, of the cave. And God began to have a conversation with Elijah and began to tell Elijah about his future and about the end of his life. He gave him a vision for his future and told him things he was supposed to do. And so I started studying these accordions, and I found out about accordions. Bring this accordion up here. Accordion has a bellows on it. This is the first thing I figured out about accordions. Show them the bellows. There's the bellow. And what the bellow does, it takes air, and it blows it in to these little valves that these keys operate. Play something on it, Heather. See, that sound is coming because there's a reed in there, either metal, it's probably a metal reed in this one, that's vibrating because of the air. The valves are opening and closing and letting air, and that air is hitting the bellows. Play something else. Let them hear what it sounds like. That's all air. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> so, now I've told you all that. I'm, I hope you've been following this. If you haven't, I'm, I'll, I'll try to help you now. So, this is what happened to me on December the 22nd, 2011. I had a conversation with Bob Jones, dearly departed Bob Jones, but he was with us in 2011. So I had, a drink, I had a conversation with him, and he said, the Lord wants to speak to you. You need to pay attention right now. So I went home and asked the Lord to speak to me right before I went to bed that night, and I had a dream, and this was the dream. 
in the dream, I was in a cave. And I was in the UK. I knew that. I was there. I just knew that in the dream. And there was a wind. And I came out of the cave, and the wind hit me, went into me. I knew it was the breath of God. And when, when the wind hit me, something came alive in me. It awoken something in me. I knew I was grounded. I knew, I knew who I was. I knew why I was on the earth. I knew what my purpose was. I knew what my future was in that moment. That was the first part of the dream. I don't, I'm, I'll maybe share the second part later. And so, when we went to over there to the UK, you know, I kind of didn't like, I don't really know what I'm going to do, Lord. You know, I know they want me to minister, but I'm not going to be bringing any messages prepared, or I'm just going to go over there, and whatever happens, happens, you know. I mean, you know. I've been preaching for a long time. I should, I can make up stuff pretty easy right now, you know. <laughs> Got lots of notes, and so I, I'm not really worried. And I'm just going to go and see what happens. And so when I get over there, we go to this meeting. We're sitting in this meeting, and I'm just watching everything going on. And the lady who was leading the meeting asked us to speak. And I thought, Oh Lord, I don't. I'm just not feeling anything particular to say. And Becky, why don't you say something? Well, I can come over here and try to figure out something to say. And Becky started sharing things, and it was really good what she was saying. She was talking about inheritance, how God wants to release inheritance to people. And as she was talking, I remembered that dream. And when I remembered that dream, I felt God's breath go into me. And I felt... What I felt in the dream, I felt, all of a sudden, I felt alive on the inside. And I felt grounded as a person. I felt, I, that's the only way I can describe it. I felt grounded. I felt, I felt stable. I felt equal as a human being. I felt equal in my natural self. I felt equal in my soul. And I felt equal in my spirit. I, in other words, I felt like they were all in equilibrium. There was nothing out of whack in me. There was, my soul wasn't grieving, messed up, and, and, and causing my spirit to be quenched, or my body wasn't aching so bad that, that I couldn't really engage, you know. I mean, it was just this amazing moment. And, uh, um, you know, I sort of shared the dream with them, but I didn't tell them anything else, you know. And then I remembered this, that word that pastor gave me when I was in high school, life is more than we see in a mirror dimly. You have begin to, begun to see life as it is. You know, at the time, I wasn't beginning to see anything. I didn't want anything to do with, with Christianity or the Lord. I mean, I did want something to do with the Lord secretly in my heart. I really did, and I, and I thought about God, and I respected God, but I wasn't wanting to follow God because I was so put off with my view of Christianity. But I did find God a few years, not long after that, really. That was over 40 years ago. I'm getting old. But always remember, you are here to help make life what it should be. 
And I believe that city is Mount Zion. It's the city of God. It's God's dwelling place on the earth. And I believe God is looking for a people that he can breathe into like he breathed into Adam. And when Adam breathed in and Adam got up and God said this, go name the animals. And it says that whatever he's called them, they were called that. That God invested a lot in Adam. Why? Because Adam had the breath of God in him. And God trusted him because he knew what his tongue would say would come from the breath of God. And I believe God is looking for people that he can breathe his breath into and they can begin with their words, with their tongue, begin to create that city, the dwelling place of God on the earth. See, it's not a city made by hands. It's not something you build with brick. It's something you build with your mouth. It's something you build with your mouth. And there's bare spots in it. And that's how God's dwelling place is going to come on the earth is the church is going to stand up and start speaking things. And we are, and here's what I feel like the Lord was telling me. There's people in this room, he's saying, yesterday is over with. But some of you are stuck there. Some of you are stuck in yesterday. You're stuck in what God did or you're stuck in what he didn't do. And it's trapped you. And your mouth and your, and your words are creating a bad life for you. Because God wants to take those words. He wants to use your mouth. He, he wants to free people today from their past. He wants to free people from yesterday. Even the good things of yesterday. I wanted to read this scripture to you. Are you okay? I want to read this scripture to you. This is really an awesome scripture. It's Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And the question is, what will your life look like going forward? That's the question you've got to ask yourself today. I've got to ask my, what will your life look like going forward? See, it's going to look like what you say. That's what it's going to look like because your tongue is a rudder and it's going to direct your life into that place. The dream of God for every believer 
I believe it's what that pastor said to me. You are here to help make life what it should be. That's why you're here. You're here to make, help make life what it should be. See, I believe God wants to give you the wind. But it's going to be up to you to speak with that wind and to make life what it should be. Y'all are awful quiet looking. <laughs> Let me read this little quote by Robert Frost. Y'all know who Robert Frost is? Everything I know of the world can be summed up in three words. Life goes on. Life is going on for all of us. Life is going on. Where where are you going? Where are you going? That's good. That's a good idea. (laughs) So I'm going to pray. Pray. Sure. She's going to add some accordion words. Hey, let me tell you about accordion while she's coming. Let me tell you about how God speaks. I've learned some things about how God speaks. Let me tell you this: what happened to me. Um, The morning we got up to go get on the airplane, the Lord. I heard the Lord like an accordion I heard a wind and he said don't get mad at Becky that's what he said to me so we get to the airport and Becky goes through you know you had to go through the security well I go through it and I'm over here I'm walking you know I walked off a little bit she never come I go where is she at why is it taking so finally she comes you gotta come they're searching all my stuff she had these little bottles of jelly in her carry-on luggage. I'm thinking, why did you do that in your carry-on luggage? Everybody knows you don't put anything in your carry-on luggage like food or anything like that. Nobody should do that. But I remember the Lord. <laughs> and they said, this is liquid. How they got that? They even told me chapstick's liquid. Because I said, no, it's not. Chapstick's not liquid. And they said, it's liquid. I said, yeah, it's liquid. <laughs> You don't argue with the security. So they started ta- taking her jelly away from her. And she wanted my bag, you know, the plastic bag to put some of it she could carry. She wanted my plastic. And she wanted to take stuff out of my plastic bag and throw it away. <laughs> so she could put that jelly in there. And I just was remembering what the Lord was saying. Don't me math, Becky. And my words were, well, you just learned, don't you? And I was just... <laughs> but... The whole thing is, I want you to hear when God speaks, it is like a gentle wind inside of you. That's what it's like. It's like a gentle wind. And and if you'll pay attention, you can hear that wind blow inside of you. And you can hear it because God's talking to people. He's talking to people. And that's how I've learned over the years God's voice it really is like an accordion. It's this wind. That's the only way I can describe it. And when I was seeing that dream, that's what I kept, I kept feeling, accordion, accordion. And I was thinking, what the heck does accordion have to do with this? 
Well, when he texted me this week, um, normally I, whenever I get texts from him, I'm like, oh, website or work related or something like that. Um, but he texted me and said, hey, can you bring your accordion to church? And at first I'm like, oh, we're using props now. How fun, you know. But And then I knew, like, I stopped, you know, I, I stopped and thought for a second, and I knew right away why he why you wanted to use it because of the wind, the breath in it. And I just really feel when you were describing it, there's one important um, valve he left out, and it's this valve where my thumb is. And that, when you push it, that's what releases the air in. And I really felt, and when you want to breathe it back in, you have to press it in. makes it very easy for you to give the air into the bellows. And I really felt like the Lord say that we are that valve and that the Lord could breathe into you and breathe into us, but you have to trust him. Not only is the Lord trusting us with the breath of God, but we need to trust the Lord for the breath of God in our life. Um, and you, this valve you need to press in your life, that you really need to let the Lord have full access in your life to blow the way he wants to blow in your life and move in your life the way he wants to move. And I feel it's so important to, that we trust him, you know, because it's a greater plan. Um, so that's what I wanted to add on that. Hey, that, and that's good, isn't it? I thought it was good. Um, one thing I was seeing this morning during worship is I, I was seeing the Lord was doing something, okay? The Lord was trying to set people free. Becky mentioned, I saw black people that were slaves in the field, and I saw them singing. I saw them singing what we were singing, and here's what the Lord said to me. There are people in this room that although they're free outwardly, inwardly, they're slaves. And he said, those people were slaves outwardly, but inwardly they were free. And he said he wanted to free people. And he also said this about the United States. He said the enemy meant to destroy our country with that slavery thing. But he said, I mean to turn it for good. And I haven't finished that yet. I haven't finished that yet. And I believe God is going to do something for our country. And I believe God wants to do something for people in here. And I believe there's people in this room that you're, you're addicted to inwardly. You're addicted to something. If you're addicted to anything, I don't care if it's something wicked or if it's something good, you're a slave. And you need God. And God had a, was releasing an emancipation, what do you call it? emancipation proclamation 
where he was saying the slaves are free if we'll receive it. I really believe that's the heart of the Lord this morning for us. And so I want to pray for people. I want you to, to get up and I want you who are stuck in the past. Today, it's, it's time to move on. You, you, you have an opportunity to move on. God is going to give you new light to be able to see your life and the lives around you in a different way. You're going to begin to see different. And because of what you see, you are going to be able to, get, be able to begin to speak what you see into being. Because you are going to begin to see God is going to put His pupils in your pupils. And you are going to be able to see what He sees. And when you begin to see what He sees, you're going to see your life, you're going to see what you've gone through, and you're going to see it from His perspective, and you're going to be able to speak to what you've gone through and say, it was blessed. Joseph did this. He said, my two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, God has blessed me and made me fruitful in my captivity. He named what he went through a good thing. And it became a good thing. If you name what you've gone through as something negative and something bad, it will be that to you. And I'm telling you, that's what the Lord told me a few weeks ago. I kept telling people about my time of sorrow, and he said, that is what you're going to keep getting if you keep saying it. You need to look at what I've done and rename your season, your past season. If you'll rename it, it'll, you'll quit reaping the benefits of what you were getting from it. That's how you start with this. That's how it started. And I began to say, Lord, I'm sorry for saying all the terrible things we went through. Oh, that was a terrible time. It was a sorrowful time. It was it. Yes, all that's true. But God is making me fruitful. When we begin to rename things the way God names them, you will get free. That's how you get free. You come into agreement with God. Are y'all getting this? This is important. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to share two things that have been being said. One, when we were uh, doing the worship, before Becky talked about the sink for washing and the sink for rinsing, one of the things that I saw was just this river coming out and pouring on our heads and going through and washing through all the nicks and crannies of our brain. But then we got a lot of holes in our head. And I saw the water rushing out through all those holes. I saw it rushing out through the pupils of our eyes and the Lord just cleansing the things that we see on a daily basis. I saw it rushing out our mouths and the Lord cleansing not only the things that we speak, but, the, but bringing forth the things he wants us to speak. I saw it coming out of our ears because of the things that we hear on a daily basis that he just wants to cleanse us of, coming out through our nose because of the stench of the world that we breathe in every day. 
And the interesting part about the water that was coming out the ears, it was coming out and landing on the shoulders and just washing the burdens off our shoulders. Yeah, it was pretty neat. But then the other thing, and did you mention rats too? I had a dream last night about rats. And the dream was that there was this man who I didn't know, and he moved a refrigerator, and there was this big, ugly, brown rat. And I grabbed a kitchen knife, and I stabbed it. And then there was another rat, and I stabbed it. But then there was a third rat that jumped on the man, and I knew that I had to stab that rat, but I had to be so much more careful because as he was thrashing all over the place because this rat was on him, I had to not hit him but hit and kill the rat. And I just felt like the Lord was saying that there's these rats, but if we let them get on us, it's much more, there's, there's more to getting them off of us. But at the end, I got the rat. And so just because it's that much harder or that much more risky, the Lord will get that rat too. So, amen. We've got lots of things to pray about. I got one more thing the Lord told me I wanted to tell you. What I saw was creativity. Is there's... There's this thing in a lot of people's hearts about creativity. You tend to think, you know, musicians are creative. But I'm not. An artist is creative, but I'm not. Because I'm not an artist. I'm not a musician. I'm not a singer. I'm not a creative person. But that's a lie. Because when God breathed on Adam, He breathed His image into Adam. And God is creative. When I was over in England, I was, we went to this place where there's this famous artist, his house, and they had things from his journal written out where you could read it. And he was talking about his struggle about his art. And I was reading it, and I was thinking... He was no different from me. That's how I feel. I don't feel like what I have is any good. Why would anybody want want what I have? And see, that's the lie we've all bought into. Everybody in this room, that's the lie. That's the lie that you've bought into. That you don't feel like what's in you is good enough. Because there's always somebody that's going to be better. There's always somebody that has more. So you don't feel like what you have is any good but see God is releasing the creativity now and he wants to call forth that creativity that's in you however it looks you may not have a as one person said I don't have a creative bone in me but I have a creative soul in me my soul is creative because my soul was made according to his image and when I allow him into my soul I become a creative person. And so you've got to quit saying, you've got to quit saying these things about yourself and about what you have. You've got to start speaking the truth as God sees the truth in you. And as you begin to speak it, it'll get released out of you. This man, he had all these doubts and questions. Anybody ever want to even want to buy his art? Why would I even sell it? And now his art is considered a national treasure of England. It's on their national treasure. Coming from a guy who didn't believe in what he was doing. It's pretty good, isn't it?
So I believe God wants to release a powerful creative force because that's how we're going to create this city, this dwelling place of God. We're going to see and we're going to speak. That speaking is the creativity. We're going to create something out of nothing like God created because we got His breath in us to do it. The key is being able to see it, having these eyes, these new eyes to see. Does that make sense? So I want to just have a prayer. I think sounds pretty good. <laughs> Lord, I just pray to you this morning, Lord. I think this Lord help. Help, Lord, help us. Lord, I pray for all the wounded ones in this room who are wounded in their life and hurting in their life. Disappointed. Feel rejected. I just pray for them for healing today. I pray you'd heal them, Lord, today. I pray you'd heal them from their past, all their rejection. I, I pray for the ones who failed and just really failed big. I just ask you to heal them today. I pray for healing anointing to come into the souls of people in this room today, Lord. Lord, you declared that you would have a dwelling place on the earth. You declared that. And you want us to become that dwelling place, to be that dwelling place, to create that dwelling place, to make that space on this earth for you, Lord. I just pray, Father, that just a release this morning. And I got, I'll tell you something. Here's what I hear the Lord saying to somebody's is, here's what he's saying. I forgive you. I forgive you. Will you forgive yourself? Will you forgive yourself? I forgive you. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Don't let unforgiveness stop you. I think it's really a time. This is what I'm saying. I believe it's a time to start moving forward again. I believe the wind of the Holy Spirit is going to start coming in a, in a different way. And it's going to be a wind to move us. There's been a wind on us for a while but it's been a, a resting wind it's been a wind, wind where the presence of God rests on you but there's coming a wind that's going to blow to move to move us and how we're going to direct that wind is with our mouth so I believe I'm really saying I'm really declaring there's, there's a wind coming a different wind that's going to from God that's out of his mouth that's going to move us it's going to cause us to move in the spirit in a new way Some of you have been parked in the wrong place. Some of us have been parked in the right place. It doesn't matter. God's going to blow and you're going to get out of the parking place. You're going to get out of the parking place. It's time. So, Lord, we just ask you for the wind. We ask you for the breath of God to come. Lord, we're saying we are going to breathe in and we're going to breathe out. We're going to exhale, Lord. We're going to release what you put into us. We're going to release the wind of God into the earth. We're going to release the wind of God into this church, into this community, into each other, into our nation, Lord. Lord, we're going to see your dwelling place be established in our community, in our place, Lord, in our homes, in our church, Lord.
when we stand up. I just want to confirm that this message really was from the heart of God. Because I, th- I mean, I think the dreams and the visions and all that have just been flowing in one direction. Um, I, I dreamed I saw Byron. I want Larry, will you wait a minute? Let me tell Byron this. just want to say this. I saw this morning you with graduation dress. And I didn't really understand it because you're the age you are now. You were sitting with a row of graduates. And they're all older men. And you were in our high school colors, Kelly Green and Gold. And I just feel like the Lord is saying this, what you spoke today, you've graduated. You've graduated into really what the Lord has for you in this life and given it to all of us. Isn't that powerful? Wow, it's amazing. So thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we just receive right now everything you have for us. Lord, you've created us for breath, your breath. You, There is no other life but in you. Nothing else in this world can give us breath. Only you. And we receive it. Lord, we go out of here this morning renewed invigorated, re-envisioned for our life, reset for the course ahead of us from this time forth, Lord. We thank you for speaking. Thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've not left us abandoned, alone, where we can't hear your voice, your sheep. You said your sheep hear your voice. Lord, we have heard your voice today, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we will not go out of here the same. You've given us clarity for the course set before us. Thank you, Lord. We want to invite the ministry team to come up. We want to pray for people this morning that really need that fresh a, a release. We can lay hands and release the Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to release that on each other this morning. So the ministry team will come. We're here to pray for you. Yeah. Just just all the things that are going. If you really feel like you need hands laid on you to get released of burdens today, especially those repetitive things you get caught in, believe the ministry team can pray for you today. Mm -hmm. And this thing of the Lord helping you set a new course. Just want to just say, come in. If anything, if you're feeling stirred to get prayer, just move out. But otherwise, we're going to stay in this place a minute. Woo, that accordion's releasing some Holy Ghost in this room. I'm telling you, it's so good. Woo, it's good. Otherwise, you can be dismissed. We bless you in the name of Jesus and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you're in this room this morning and you need a reset, come get prayer. If you need to be restored to the Lord and His heart for you, and be come back to Him. If you've never asked Christ into your house, into your heart, for Him to make His house at home with you, please come and get prayer. Amen. Be blessed. Go in blessing. Amen.